Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Perfect Faith Podcast. I'm Kirk Klingerman, your host. And this is episode six of season four. And we're getting ready to jump back into Perfect Faith, His Faith, Not Ours, as we continue on doing an audio version of the book podcast style. But before we jump into this, I want to give a shout out to Pablo Acosta. And you might be asking, who is Pablo? Well, Pablo is the host of another podcast called Benchin' in the Kitchen. Benchin', which is spelled B-E-N-C-H-I-N, in the kitchen. And it's not a cooking show, I will tell you that first and foremost. I'm going to let Pablo tell you what it's all about himself. But I will say this, this has to do with exercising your faith. And one of the reasons I'm giving this podcast a shout out is I really believe that God is moving through this podcast and it would be beneficial to you to maybe give him a try and subscribe and just listen. I mean, it's just an amazing, amazing podcast. Pablo's just amazing man of God. And uh, he was gracious enough to reach out to me and invite me to do an interview on his show, which I did yesterday. And, uh, which was, uh, not sure the date, the 23rd of September we did it. I'm not sure when it's coming out, but it's not about my interview. It's about his, his show. But at any rate, go check it out. I will put the, is, uh, the link in the description here uh, in this podcast. And again, go check him out and check out what he's doing. It's just really cool. It's just uh, a different format than what we're doing. And um, I just actually invited him to do an interview, which I'm not sure when that will take place. But at some point, Lord willing, we'll be doing that and we'll bring him on. I, I think you you really love this guy. He's, he's like I said, I, I can't speak well enough of him. But at any rate, so remember, Benchin in the Kitchen, you know, and with the, with, with the host Pablo Acosta. So, yeah, check him out. See, uh, see if it blesses you. I think it will. In fact, I know it will. So, moving along now, we're going to jump into perfect faith. His faith, not ours. Chapter 6. Whose faith? Ours. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2, verse 16 and verse 20. There are basically two different faiths that we're concerning ourselves with in this book. Our faith and the faith of Jesus. Our faith is the starting point. It gets us to God and initiates our relationship with Him. By placing our faith in Him, we're able to receive forgiveness of sins and healing. It ushers us into the new covenant and everything available in it. Consider the following. Galatians 3 verse 26 says, You are children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. In Mark 11, verse 22, Jesus said, Have faith in God. 
And in 1 Peter 1, verse 21, it says, Who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Our faith belongs in God and nowhere else. We cannot afford to put our trust in our faith, much less put it in ourselves, our abilities, or anyone else. Clues. Major clues in unlocking scripture are often found in the little words. For example, pronouns, he, she, it, his, hers, and so on. Prepositions, by, of, through, and etc. As well as the single and plural forms can point the believer in the right direction. Pay attention to such things as they versus us or you versus them. In this, we will find such things as to whom something pertains or from whom something is derived. Of course, we never want to forget the ifs. It's easy to get hung up on big word studies trying to unlock various passages of Scripture, only to find that it is the little words that open up the meaning. Keep in mind that the Lord uses specific words for a reason, and no word is wasted in His economy. Even apparent mistakes in grammar will turn out not to be mistakes at all. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us, otherwise we will be leaning on human reasoning and miss all kinds of spiritual truths. Believe it or not, even our grammar can put God in a box. Again, take your time and don't just gloss over the scriptures. Looking again at Galatians 2.16, we find that a man is justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. Then it goes on to say that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. While verse 20 says, The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The word of is used in the Greek text, and it indicates whose faith these verses are referring to, and it is the Son of God, or Jesus in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Ephesians 3, verse 12. The actual Greek text says, through his faith. It is because of who Jesus is and what he did or does that we have boldness and confidence to come to the Father, gaining access to his throne by the grace extended to us through the faith of the Son. Remember, as a man, Jesus went to the cross and presented the perfect sacrifice to God, whereby we have access. As a man, he walked by faith and would be the author and finisher of our faith. It is his blood that pleads the cause for us. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. In fact, our li- he is our life. Jesus holds three positions, the Son of Man, the Son of God, and God the Son. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For what things soever he does, these also does the Son likewise. For the Father loves the Son, and shows him all things that himself does. And he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel." 
For as the Father raises the dead and quickens them, even so the Son quickens whom he will. For the Father judges no man, but has committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honors not the Son honors not the Father, which has sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but passes from death into life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, The hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. For as the Father has life in him, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. That's John 5, verses 19 through 27. As the Son of Man, Jesus stands as our peer. As our peer, he died on the cross in our stead, and will also return to judge the world as the Son of Man, not the Son of God. On earth, as the Son of Man, he has authority to forgive sin. He represents man to God and is also known as the Son of David and the second Adam. Through Adam, sin and death entered into the world, and by Jesus, justification unto life to those who receive him. By the resurrection, he is declared the Son of God, by whom we obtain the resurrection unto eternal life. He represents God to man and extends his kingdom to the earth through Holy Spirit. He is the express image of the Father, and all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things exist, because he is also God the Son. Living by faith, living by the faith of Jesus is truly an act of humility, and humility knows its source. Humility realizes that nothing can be done by self-effort. Things are done by our submission to the will of the Father through the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. We become the children of God by putting our faith in Christ Jesus. And to walk as sons and daughters of God, we need to walk by the faith of Jesus. In essence, we put our faith in Him, and He, in turn, lets His faith operate through us. Thus, we in him, and he in us. How? Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word, that they, may, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. John 17, verses 20 through 23. Jesus not only prayed for those who lived during the time of his earthly ministry, but for those who would believe through their word. Yes. His prayer included us. But look at what he prayed. Jesus prayed that we would be one with him and the Father. He prayed that we would have the same glory which the Father gave him. Can you say, wow?
He goes on to pray that he would be in us and the Father would be in him. That's God living in us. Jesus said, Believe you not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Believe you that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. He goes on to say, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and shall be in you. In Acts 1, verse 5 and verse 8, Jesus said, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus dwells in us, which is how we walk by his faith. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's Colossians 1, verses 26 through 27. Interestingly, the fruit of the Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit, and the armor of God all list faith as part of their attributes. This is not faith that comes from man, but by Holy Spirit. Again, the word of plays a very important role in unlocking the word of God. It has never been about us growing our faith, or in this case, developing it to be equal to the faith of Jesus. Think of the potential for pride to enter in our lives if we could do that. In truth, the more we learn to rest in Jesus, the less stressed we will be over the concept of faith. We put our faith in Him, and we let His faith do the rest. Operating by His faith comes with hearing and obedience. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10, verse 17. As stated before, Jesus only said what He heard the Father say, and only did what He saw Him do. Essentially, first came the hearing, and then came the action, which is what is done in obedience. There is a very interesting statement made in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, which says, The former treatises I have made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Prior to his ascension, Jesus gave commandments directly to his disciples. Afterward, he spoke to them through Holy Spirit, in the same way he speaks to us today. The faith of Jesus will always benefit others. It always fulfills the plans, purposes, and will of the Father. It's submissive in nature. The faith found in the manifestation of the Spirit is intended to profit the common good according to the will of God, as does the faith found in the fruit of the Spirit. The armor of God benefits the church 
and the protection and abilities found in the armor are from God through the Spirit. Ephesians 6 verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplications in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. The intent of the armor is more than protection. It is to help us wrestle, that is, praying with prayers and supplications for others. It helps us watch with all perseverance in the process. In other words, all that we do for the Lord is not to be done in our own strength, but in the power of the Spirit. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Romans 8, verse 26. When we don't know what to pray, the Spirit does. That's why we're exhorted to put on the new man, or as Romans 13, 14 says, Put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. It gets back to saying what the Father says, therefore we pray what the Father speaks to us through Holy Spirit. It is vital to remember that the blessings we receive from God are often not intended solely for us. It is true that He wants to bless us because He loves us, but the Father also blesses us so we may be a blessing to others. As already stated, but it's good to reiterate, God blessed Abraham so all the families of the world would be blessed through him. We are recipients of that blessing. Therefore, as we freely receive, let us freely give. By trusting Jesus and allowing his faith to operate in our life, we allow God to bring the promises to pass and to do all the necessary work in our life. In so doing, we leave the control room and let the Lord control everything. After all, there's only enough room for one. This is where deny yourself comes in and the sovereignty of God takes over. If it is our faith, then it is our works. However, it is his faith and then it is his works and he gets the glory. Limits After reading all the previous verses in chapter 11 of Hebrews, we come to these last two which can really make one pause and think. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Hebrews 11, verses 39 and 40. After all that faith exploits listed here, we discover a couple of things. These were Old Testament saints who looked toward the promise. It is interesting that throughout the chapter we will read by faith or through faith, yet we find another colorful statement made in Galatians 3, verse 23. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Obviously, by virtue of the context of the verse, we find that the primary lesson in Galatians 3, verse 23 is prior to to Jesus Christ. We did not have access to the resurrection through faith by grace. However, we do find a distinct difference between the faith of the Old and New Testaments which lead us to a second discovery. The faith of the Old Testament saints was limited to earthly things. 
Again, we know from, a, from Hebrews that faith was present prior to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yet, in Galatians, we find that there is a faith that was yet to be revealed. Our faith lift to itself has a limit, but the faith of Jesus has no limits and it takes us into the spiritual. Our faith is enough if we place it in Jesus and allow his faith to do the rest. It is the way we attain the resurrection. Buried with him in baptism, wherein do you, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who has raised him from the dead. Again, we read in 2 Peter 1, verse 1, To them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. If we already had faith, why would we need to obtain faith? It's about Him, Salah. And that closes out chapter 6. And before we close out this episode, again, let me remind you to go check out Benching in the Kitchen. You won't regret it. So with that, let's, uh, let's uh, wind this thing up, shall we? Father, I just pray for my brothers and sisters today that today is a great day of revelation for them where you reveal to them your perfect will and a, new, and a clarity of vision on a new level that they've not yet seen before. I thank you, Lord, that they realize that we operate by the faith of Jesus and we do that by communion with you. Lord, bless them in all that they do. Bless them in their thoughts. Bless them in their heart. Bless them in all ways. In Jesus' name. Be blessed, my friend.